Hey, this is Doug Tillich from Kings X, and you're listening to the podcast with Jay Scott. It's called The Hook Rock. Check it out, and may the dude be with you. How's everybody doing? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day to everybody out there. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're enjoying the beginnings of hockey season, which I am. Postseason baseball, big win by the Red Sox over the weekend. The Dodgers and Giants are going to a game five. Pretty much expected with the two best teams in baseball. So interesting to see how that shapes up tomorrow night. But yeah, and... uh Got some good college football matchups coming up this weekend, so excited. But we're here to talk rock and roll for you. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great family of music-related podcasts. Check out check out all the podcasts on pantheonpodcast.com and follow them at Pantheon Pods. Follow us the Hook Rocks at The Hook Rocks on Twitter and on Facebook. The Hook Rocks. Follow us wherever you do podcast, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever. Don't forget to set your device to automatic downloads. So when the new, latest, and greatest Hook Rocks episode like this one comes out, boom, you get it right to your phone. And you get to check out all the old and interesting episodes that we've done in the past. Some really cool episodes over the past few weeks. We've got our top album reviews from July, August, September with our friend Chris Corradetti. We've got the New Music Spotlight with Classless Act, the warning New Music Spotlight here at the end of September, plus the album review for Mayday, the new EP by them. Don't forget to check out the latest interview with... Doug Pinnock from King's X, as well as our tribute episode to Eddie Van Halen on the one-year anniversary of his passing. Check out all those episodes and more, and let's get right to the new music spotlight. My next guest has an album coming out October 22nd, Friday, October 22nd. More great music in 2021. This album certainly is no exception. It is a fantastic album. And they're from north of the border, up in the neighboring state, the land of cheese, brats, and beer, better known as Wisconsin. I'm from Chicago, so we always like to needle our Wisconsin neighbors from being up north. And I'd like to welcome in Lacey and Jason Clark of Bourbon House. How are you guys doing, ma'am? We're good. How are you doing? I am doing well. Better that you guys are on. I am excited about the new album. We're going to get all into it. It's absolutely fantastic. And this is your second visit. So it's yeah. a little bit of a celebration, too, as well. Yeah. Thanks for having us on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Let's talk the new music, because I know this is something you guys have been working on for a while, 
And I know that it has been slow moving, obviously, because of the pandemic and, and things happening. But it's finally here. It's finally upon us, and it's ready to go. The album is called Into the Red. And as far as recording this album, as far as writing this album, I know there's some songs that were previously released on it, but what went into the process? What went into this journey for this album? This this album was like a crazy journey. Like you said, it's kind of a long time coming. Um, we wanted to release this like last year, really. Um, yeah, the journey took us to three different studios. <laughs> We're just kind of all over the place for this one. Um, but I guess, like, what were we trying to um, accomplish with this one? Yeah, I um, mean, you know, what, what, uh, you know, where, where was the the inspiration? I mean, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. some of these songs have you know been around for a bit. Some of the stuff is new. Some of the stuff is is uh, you know is new to me at least. Absolutely fantastic. So you know, where you know, recording an album during a pandemic, writing an album during a pandemic is difficult for a lot of people because, you know, there's not a lot going on and, you know, to, to remain creative, you've got to be living your life. So what was that like for you guys? Sure. I actually, I felt like it was easier probably for us to, um, to write all of these songs and we have more written than we've already recorded five more for our next album. Um, because we had so much, so much time and we don't really like we don't really need to um you know be having the experiences we're we're writing about you know as we're writing about them does that make sense like you can just tap into it you know yeah you know how do you remain connected to stuff that you're writing and it takes a while for you to put it on an album but you got to remain connected to it, right? You got to remain, you know, you got to keep believing in that song, in that, in mm-hmm. that music. How do you remain connected to material that you guys have written? Yeah. Well, we play the songs live. Um, we keep them fresh that way. Um, I guess if we don't really like a song, it doesn't get, to ever be released um we did when we went to the studio to record the first batch of songs for this album we actually ended up throwing away four of them mm-hmm. um the only one we kept was devil on the heels because we felt that was um good enough to release as a single and we figured it would eventually wind up on the next album at that time we weren't really thinking about when the album would come out or, you know, mm-hmm. we just figured every so often we'll go record a few songs and uh, would you need to be good because one of them has got to be the next single. So that's kind of how this album occurred. We never really thought about having an album, although we knew it was going to happen eventually, but it wasn't really planned that way. You know what I mean? I guess the songs, to, to stay connected to them, like the songs, they kind of choose us. You know what I mean? To like, if they're going to stick around or not, it's a uh, it's a matter of how how good they are to us and how how they speak to us. You know, you guys have been playing live a lot this year, and you guys have always had that reputation as playing a lot. You know, especially up in Wisconsin and local to the Midwest. When you're putting out a song, or when you're writing a song, creating a song, and you are playing live. Does it matter to you or how much does it matter how the song goes over, how the song feels when you're performing it? It matters a lot to me. Um, there's, there's certain songs that we have recorded, you know, that are on some previous albums that we, we don't do live and we have done them, you know, a couple of times and they just don't, they don't feel right. Like the energy is not there live. For some reason, so we don't do them live. Um, so yeah, it matters a lot to me. Yeah, that's true. And you know, as our catalog gets bigger, you know, we have um, 
30 songs or more now. So we don't need to play them all. So when we go play a show, a lot of times we only need to play 10 to 15 songs. Mm-hmm. And so we just choose the ones that rock the most, the ones that are the most fun, the ones that people want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. There are going to be songs that just never really get played out anymore. Yeah. Has there ever been an experience where, you know, any any of the songs on the new album where you are playing them live and they become something different or they evolve into something different? Maybe a maybe a better arrangement, a better song? Because, you know, just like people physically work out, right, to get stronger, yeah. to get better, you know, there's something to be said about working out a song. And sometimes that song takes on a life of its own after you play it after, you know, it becomes, you know, you go in a different direction with it or you're working out the song to make mm-hmm. it evolve into something else. Sure. Um, I feel like we do that more in the studio um, where we change the song. We'll go there and, you know, think we have like like a pretty good skeleton of it anyway. Um, and a lot of times it changes so much in the studio. What we do live I feel like doesn't really have much of a bearing on how it gets recorded because it's a live uh, version. I kind of want our, our live show to be, you know, an, an experience and a, a little different than what you hear on the recording. So, you know, things that happen when we're practicing or, or doing them live, is just like an extra live bonus. That's how I take it. If it ends up being better, you know, than the recording, I think that's cool too. <laughs> yeah, most of the time we record the song before we start playing it live. Yeah. Um, you know, some bands I know do the opposite. Some bands play a song live a long time before it gets recorded. Um, we schedule our recording time far in advance, and then we don't write songs until about a week before we have to report to the studio. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. you know we're like, all right, we got to write you know three songs or five songs or whatever it is, and um, we knock them out and we focus on it exclusively for a couple weeks, and then in the studio it really gets uh-huh. um, focused on intensely. We make sure the arrangement and everything is right. When we do a live, yeah, sometimes the arrangement uh, is a little different live. Yeah, this is how we operate, Jay. We're just kind of like. Fast and crazy, um, <laughs> flap out of your pants kind of uh, situation. Like, wait till last minute and then do it and try to do it awesome. I, I've never heard that in all the interviews that I've done. I've never heard <laughs> the "Oh shit, we're going to be in the studio in two weeks. We got to we got to uh, start coming together yeah. here." Yeah, that's a because <laughs> yeah. we're usually focused on. Um, it, it's hard to focus on so many things at once, and we always have like something that we're that we're doing whether it's like a music video or um you know right now we're doing like album release stuff and artwork and uh merch stuff and you know things like that there's always like something to focus on so then when the time comes um that we have to go into the studio we're like all right let's do this now because it takes a lot of focus to write songs you need to have everything else like kind of clear yeah, we even started talking about the next music video today, which will be the eighth video or something like that. So there's always a million things to think about. And um, a lot of times things don't really get um, focused on to the last minute. I mean, mm-hmm. but we're, uh, when we start focusing on it, that's... It has to be the main, the main the focus. The only thing we're focused on, we make sure we get it right. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, we'd still be working on the second album. The second album wouldn't even be up. We're actually <laughs> halfway through the fourth album because we just we schedule, we set goals, we you know um, we schedule things and pay for things way before it's even in existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you think of where the band is on the eve of the release of of this album, and you know, obviously, there's a little bit of a a skew in terms of what's been happening because of COVID, because everything was relatively shut mm-hmm. down and limited restrictions and all that good stuff. But as far as the band goes, when you think back in the last year or two years, 
you know, what has been the biggest leap for you guys in terms of creativity? Hmm. Well, I think we've become better songwriters. I think we've gotten better at, uh, I mean, every aspect of it is improved. As far as creativity goes, I think we're just like, the more songs you write, the more, um, the more creative we want to be, you know, because we want to keep doing um, different, different things. So there's, um, especially on this new album that we're recording right now, like there's so so many songs on it already out of the five songs that we're like, huh, those are, those are very different. Um, They're definitely all bourbon house songs and you can hear us in there and there's, it's always the blues rocky kind of, um, you know, retro-y kind of thing, but we just want to push ourselves to keep doing something different. And I think you have to, the more songs you write. As far as, you know, selecting the songs and putting this album together, when was this album completed? Officially completed. When did we? Probably in December of last year, actually. Um, as far as might have been, yeah. When we got, you know, all the songs recorded and mastered. Well, no, because we did remaster them, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It was December. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's been it would have been months. the end of yeah. It's been ready for ten months. Exactly. We we wanted to release it a long time ago, but um, yeah, just a lot of things happened, and we um you know, we met some people, um, some industry people, and we've built up um, a team since then. And this has all happened um, since we finished the recording. We've met all these people. So it's uh, had to be pushed back. Well, what is that? You know, what what does that mean when you, when you, you know, I know you guys did a tour of the Southern States earlier this year. Was it, you know, it's so hard to gauge time. Was it earlier this year or was it last year? Uh, it was in March. Okay. Because it it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to gauge time because of the pandemic, because there's no like yeah. time stamps of like when, you know, you had birthday parties or vacations when you can kind of stamp time throughout the year. So when I'm talking mm-hmm. to somebody often, I'm like, was that 2021 or 2020? I can't. That's I, yeah, I know it's yeah. crazy. Yep. So you you did tour the southern states in the springtime, and yeah. you've had a lot of momentum going into this album. When you talk about you know industry people or people taking notice, you know of the band of the music of Bourbon House is is that in fact what you mean that you're you're getting a lot more exposure, you're getting a lot more interest from either management companies, PR companies, and whatnot? Yeah. Um, yeah, all of that. Um, but, I mean, we got our manager after after the tour. Um, and that tour as well, we had just, we had just signed on with um, our booking agent, Blind Anxiety Entertainment, um, right before the pandemic hit. And then we didn't, you know, he couldn't book us anything. Um, so yeah, that tour was, we worked with him on, then we got a manager. Um, then we got, you know, a radio guy and then we got a, um, we have like a marketer distributor and, and now we're signed to pack group records and it's just all like, kind of like this crazy snowball that we, <laughs> we've been navigating. Um, and, yeah, so the album had to be pushed back, but during all of that too, we were still doing things. We still made um, a music video that we're going to be releasing soon, and it's it's just been crazy, crazy pants. <laughs> That's all I can say. How has that changed things for you in terms of the release of this album? Is it is a better distribution? Is there going to be more awareness for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I, ideally, yes, there there should be. We are distributing with, um, so our distributor uh, marketer is Vaughn Artist, um, and they distribute through The Orchard, which is Sony. Um, so that's 
already a better distributor than we've ever distributed with for sure when we did it ourselves. Um, so yeah, we, we should have a lot of support behind this album, uh, when before we, we had none except for like our own, our, our own backing. And then, you know, people like you, um, and some radio people and whatever backing us there too, but it was very DIY, very independent. Um, and now we have some people, so. Yeah. We're building a team. Yeah. yeah we got, we got a. You know, the beginnings of a pretty good team right now. So Yeah. Is it hard for you guys that, you know, doing everything DIY and now having people help you and have that team? Obviously, that's a positive. Everybody knows that's a mm-hmm. positive. But in terms of you guys being connected with the band and, you know, being, you know, the founders of this band – is it hard letting go on some things or is it hard to trust people that they're going to do the right things? You know, how is that in terms of dealing with that separation? Because ultimately your focus then becomes making music and performing. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, gone are the responsibilities of booking places to play or getting your name out there. It's pretty much handled by other people. But yeah, well, you would think so, but it's not. There's, uh, we still do a lot. We do probably almost just as much as we did yeah, before, you know. At least as much as we were before. And we don't have to book the tour. We have a lot of control. So not, but we still over very what much we do. decide what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we write the songs, we decide what the album's called, we decide what order the songs are in, the artwork. Yeah. What the videos are about, who the videographer is. We still produce the music ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still in control of nice yeah, You know, like the fly, like the flyers that are being sent from our agents uh, and stuff are like they're made by me. Um, you know, we approve the riders. We do, we do a lot still, and we have so much control. And record labels now are not they're definitely how they used to be or at least like independent ones because we're with an independent one it's a smaller label um the the amount of control they have over your music is very different than it used to be and the artist retains like basically all the control and can do whatever they want (laughs) so it's nice as far as the album goes you know listening to this after you guys sent it to me I, I couldn't help but fall in love with the song Slow Burn. It is uh, one, oh. of the, one of the last tracks. It's got a Chris Isaac, Wicked Game type of vibe yeah. to it. Um, yeah. It is, it's a really, I, in my opinion, and again, it probably doesn't mean much, but in my opinion, it's the best song I've ever heard you guys do. Wow, I like that. It's the song that we never play live. Really? Uh, we used to, no, <laughs> we used to do that one live. Yeah, but, but uh, we only do right now because our sets are so short. We only want to put one slow song in. Um, but before that, we were doing slow burn. Yeah. Well, slow burn. It's funny you should mention that because uh, I think Chris Isaac's "Wicked Game" and the song "John the Revelator" were really the inspiration. They were. And we wanted to have a song. So I'm that happy that we like that. succeeded. <laughs> yeah, I think it came together. That was one yeah. of the songs that we re-recorded. We recorded it once at one studio, and then we said, oh, "Let's try recording it again and see mm-hmm. if we get a little bit different vibe." And uh, yeah, I think it came together mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, I'm I mean, happy you like that song. Yeah, you know, it's a great song because you know the whole album has a very bluesy type you know, very kind of roomy type of vibe to it. And, you know, I was listening to it and I heard Slow Burn. I'm like, man, this song reminds me of something. And I'm like, it's like a Chris Isaac type of vibe to it. Um, kind of like Wicked Game-ish. And I'm like, it's really, this is a really good song. Like, really good. Awesome. awesome. I, I'm going to request that when I come see you guys on the 15th. <laughs> As far as, you know, what's next with this album and, you know, with the, with the album coming out, is there plans to tour, you know, now that things are getting back to normal, now that things are settling down, you know, what is the next step 
for you guys once this album is released? Mm-hmm. Well, right now we are working on um, tour dates again in March. Um, it'll be a headlining tour. Uh, probably going back down south again um, for that little loop. So that's kind of the first tour we are working on immediately. Um, we have, uh, you know, we've been submitted to to all of the festivals for, for the summer. So hopefully we get some of those as well. Um, we, we plan to play a lot um, and hopefully we get, you know, some kind of fun supporting, uh, supporting slot tour going on next year as well as what we're working on. You know, we, we spoke earlier this year, uh, you know, as you guys were, you know, still planning, I think you guys were planning the tour, uh, when we last spoke Lacey and Mm -hmm. you know, what we've seen over the last several months in 2021 is just an extraordinary amount of music an extraordinary amount of rock music that has come out. And it's, it's all very good. And, you know, the conversation that we have here a lot, or we used to have was, you know, where's rock music going in terms of relevancy, in terms of popularity. I think we are at the beginning of a resurgence. Some people claim that the resurgence is already happening. I'm still hesitant to make that claim. Not because I, 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 don't believe the music is good. I think I think the the music that's coming out is is like I said extraordinary, but mm-hmm. there's still a, a need to connect with younger people, and that's really where the game is at. What do you guys yeah. do in terms of trying to find that connection to a younger audience that will grow with you as you guys continue to grow? Mm-hmm. I think what a younger audience needs um, is is something different. Than what, than what they're hearing as, you know, quotation marks, rock music. Um, because they've been hearing the same thing for the past, you know, I don't even know how, how many years. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just like continuing to do different, different rock music. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, just try to push the envelope. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're on TikTok. Hopefully <laughs> that works. We are meeting a lot of younger people who are who are into what we're doing. So uh, that's great. They do hang out on TikTok um, and on uh, some of them on, on Instagram, some of them on Twitter. They are not on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook is more that. of a uh, of an older crowd. Um, it's in and, that, and that's your that's your dad rock. That's where they're like this, you know. Rockets uh, for old people. <laughs> that's what, that's uh, what those youngins are thinking. But yeah, that's like, I think they're thinking like, you know, ACDC, like my dad's so into that or my dad's so into like uh, Metallica or whatever. And I'm not, I'm definitely not hating on either of those bands. I love both of them, but it's just, uh, it, they're, they're hearing something that they're like they want to hear something else i think for for rock music i think they look more for the experience right i think Mm -hmm. you know when you look at festivals and you look at like coachella or you know austin city limits and and yeah that's all young people yeah and, and it's full of younger people and it's an experience right you look at all the tents that they have and the vendors and all these things you can do while you're there. They really do like that experience, you know, and it's really hard to gauge of what can create that experience for a band and how do you draw people's attentions? Because, you know, it's different because kids are pulled in so many different directions these days, you know, with social media apps and all that. And in the, in the, in the big question is, is does something like an Instagram or a TikTok or Snapchat or whatever, does that lead to, album sales does that lead to downloads and streams mm-hmm. and i still think that that question isn't answered yet i still think that there there isn't enough data in front of people to say yes if you do x y and z or a b and mm-hmm. c this will happen and i still think right. it's you know I, I do think more young people are listening to rock music i do 
because I have a 16 year old that does. And, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he brought up a very poignant fact or a poignant opinion um, a few months ago where he said, you know, a lot of people found themselves during the pandemic. A lot of people went in listening to, you know, rap and pop music and came out listening to rock and roll. And I attribute mm-hmm. that to the angst that's been created um, by a kid sitting yeah. at home, not you know, going to school, not being allowed to hang out with his friends and getting upset and getting aggravated and annoyed and needing that release and rock and roll always thrives Mm -hmm. whenever there's angst and anger in young America. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also think that, uh, like sadly people like trying to find themselves and like spending so much time alone and not spending time with, um, their friends and, and listening to what their friends are listening to, um, or listening to what's popular or whatever, they're discovering other things. If I think back to when I was younger um, and I listened to, you know, whatever was popular, all the pop music, um, you know, I was like very into Backstreet Boys and stuff and uh, Britney Spears and what I was totally into all of that stuff. I wasn't listening to rock and roll, you know, Um you just get to a point where then you start, you know, listening to music for yourself and, and discovering what you actually like. Um, and maybe the pandemic and being locked down kind of forced kids to do it um, earlier, which I think is great. When you guys look at this album, it's coming out. Where where have you guys evolved the most in terms of your music up until this point with this new album? A good question. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think we're on a journey and I think uh, mm-hmm. most fans are, I guess we're at the point where we know what our sound is. If you were to listen to the first album, kind of an EP, it had seven songs on it and it was very eclectic. It had a little bit of everything on it. Mm-hmm. You know, two or three hard rockers and there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But on the second album, Wild Abandoned had a little more a little more direction, but still didn't have like the I I think that we've really found our sound. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Our signature sound is kind of uh, set in stone now. And uh we like maybe half the album to be that sound and then have the other half maybe experimental things or things that we mm-hmm. that we just want to do yeah that we haven't done before a song like slow burn is a song like that i wanted to have a song that was just really moody and sad just really yeah. pulled at your emotions and it's not blues rock it's not doesn't sound like zeppelin you know so that was just one of those little diversions that we you know and every album should have a couple of those in my opinion and then mm-hmm. half of it should be you know should sound like like your signature sound yeah. Yeah. I guess we just like kind of honed in on uh, who we are as songwriters um, in the past. It, honestly, in the past year, it's it's been a, a pretty big change for us. So, yeah. What about the album in terms of, you know, what are you most proud of with this with this album, with these songs? Um, I am just uh, proud that they actually all came together and fit together on an album. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but being with um, three different engineers uh, in three different cities, three different bases, three different studios um, with like large gaps of time in between recording and working on these songs i'm just like i i think that i'm impressed with with us for being able to make them sound like us all of them sound like us and like on one album together (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of a lot yeah and our engineer eric was really you get credit for making all these songs sound like they kind of go together yeah we had him remaster them uh yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. It's interesting with you guys because some of, like I mentioned in the beginning, some of these songs have been out there already 
and it looks it's, it sounds like you're pulling from different sessions of music to complete the album to complete all the tracks on the on the album when you're when you're doing that and you know you're looking for you know the best possible vibe of a record right every every album has that energy has that vibe uh-huh. you know what are you looking for in the songs in terms of sequencing in terms of the energy that each song needs with multiple different sessions because that can be a challenge yeah absolutely that's um something that you know comes in because because we write songs that have uh different vibes and different tempos um and you know some of them are slow some of them are fast some of them are moody some are groovy um because we have so many of those dynamics it's easy for us to do like kind of a like a flow you know, um, on the album. So you can be like rocking out one minute and then you don't want to be like super sad the next time, you know, for the next song, maybe you want to do like, um, this cool groove in between. Maybe you'll do like a keep your head or too high to care or something and then go to something sad and then you can start to bring it back up, you know, um, like a wave. I think that that's the perfect listening experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from the first song to the last, song mm-hmm. on the album that's something that we try to stay conscious of as we're putting yeah. pieces together and recording the songs one by one you know came out balls out you know you have to like be like bam here's your first song that's why we put dead in the water first because it's mm-hmm. uh you know a heavy hitter um and then you know the most experimental song is is at the at, at the end <laughs> Was that the biggest challenge for you guys as a band to try to figure out that energy and that vibe that was continuous in the songs that you selected? No, because we just um, we just write songs that we want to write without thinking about the vibe of the album. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. Like we just we want to write songs that are um our only goal really is to write something that's that's good um that sounds like us that you know kind of sticks to our um sticks to our sound and uh that can be something that's you know timeless and could be a single on its own like that's the goal for every song um so i guess yeah we don't really when we're thinking of doing an album we don't really think about like what kind of album is this it's just a bourbon house album Sure. You mentioned you had three different bases play on the album. Have you guys solidified your lineup? Is there a permanent now um, bass player? We we think so. So so far, so. Yeah. we uh, we don't always think so, but a yeah. couple of times we have thought so, and then it was just it, we work really hard. Like, and so I don't blame you know any any of these guys, but um, yes, our our latest who we just recorded with um. John, John Peck. Uh, he's yeah. So far, he seems uh, seems all in. So we'll <laughs> see. Yeah, I, I have faith in him. Yeah, yeah. it's been great. Is, is that something that you didn't foresee? Is is having to have a stable commitment from other members in the band? Has that been something that you, you didn't expect to happen? I didn't expect it to be this hard. I know that it's, it's a thing, you know, it's, it's not just us. This happens, um, to, to a lot of people. And this happens to, um, you know, bands that, that have a lot more than we do as well. So, um, you know, a lot more to offer. I mean, I expected it. It's just part of being in a band. I didn't expect this many to, to come in and out. Hoping it would be many. Yeah. I don't know. There's kind of a, it's it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work to ask of, of people, you know. Uh, so they have to want it a hundred percent, or else they're not gonna they're not gonna be down to do all this work, you know, unless it's something they want to do. I don't do things I don't want to do and put my all into it, you know. Yeah, I, I think that is a, a common thread through you know for a lot of bands that are emerging is you know having 
all four on the same page, all four mm-hmm. sharing equally the, you know, the commitment that, that it takes. And, you know, sometimes, you know, especially, well, it, it is difficult. I'm sure it was difficult during a pandemic when you, you do have to pay bills and you do have to, you know, survive. And some people, mm-hmm. you know, had to make a choice and, uh, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately for them, they chose something that, you know, was able to, you know, give them some sustainability or what they believe is, you know, some, some consistency. And, and, unfortunately that is a reality. Right. Yep. As far as this album goes, when, when you're thinking of with the release date coming up on the 22nd, what are your expectations for this album, for the band once it's released? Um, I mean, we're just, we're going to push it pretty hard. Um, I, uh, my expectation is that it, it, it will garner some interest for us. I do think we will pick up some, some new fans. Um, I know, uh, I know that our fans are, are going to love it already. Um, um, I just, I, I expect it to be a stepping stone, I guess, like everything everything that we do is just a stepping stone that's um, building us up higher and higher. Um, We have a music video coming out shortly after it, uh, which will help. Hopefully will help with the sales of that as well. And um, yeah, just, just continue to uh, push forward. It's going to be something that helps us push forward. As far as the video goes, what's the next single coming out? Uh, well, the music video is for one of the songs on this album. Uh, I wasn't going to say what it is. <laughs> it's up to um, you guys. The next, it's for I Got Trouble. Um, and then a single likely from our upcoming album, our next album, would be in January. That's the plan. So you're talking already next album? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. you guys are like a band in the mid seventies now. Right? Uh yeah, we're gonna um we have a music video coming out, like I said. We'll probably do we're planning on doing another music video um for another song on Into the Red. Uh and then yeah, and then we'll have a another single coming out that's not on the album. Is that because you guys really want to tour on on the music and, you know, crisscross the country, play for anyone you can, and just kind of build your audience? I mean, that essentially is what bands have to do is, you know, continue to tour and continue to get in front of people. And the only way to do that is if you keep pumping out music. Is that the idea? Yes, yeah, we got to keep pumping out music. You got to keep uh, playing in front of people and just... Uh, yeah, just you gotta keep going. You can't leave, you know, not where we are right now. We can't leave huge spaces of time, you know, uh, between releasing things and and touring and stuff. Um, because you know, because we're not ACDC, you know, <laughs> you can't just do that and then come back and everybody will still be there. You know, uh, there's new music being released constantly uh there's a lot of good music being released um you know it's not necessarily like it's like competition or anything but it's uh they'll they'll move on to to something else they'll find other things you know so i mean the industry changed a lot and it's not really like it was in the 70s where you can just play as many shows as possible and eventually you'll get what you want Right now, I've seen so many bands just playing 200 shows a year, and after five years, they're still playing in front of because they're not releasing music, so they quit. Um, So touring doesn't really build a following like it used to because people don't go see live music like they used to. It's really about releasing something on a regular basis, like once a month. You should have a single coming out or a video coming out or an album coming out, mm-hmm. something like that. And then on a daily basis, you need to be hitting all of your socials. So, I mean, that's the name of the game mm-hmm. now, but it wasn't like that, obviously, in the 70s and 80s. 
I mean, mo- most of our fans, uh, you you brought this up kind of earlier, like you're not sure how much like social media comes to uh, comes into play into like converting fans into like paying fans. Um, uh, uh, most probably ninety percent of ours are through social media. Yeah, way over ninety percent of the people who become your fans um, found you on social media. Mm-hmm. So that's really found us anyway. That's how that's how it's working for us anyway. Um, well, I think that's how most fans. How it is for most fans, especially mm-hmm. when they start out. Yeah, if you're on the radio all the time, then it's uh, less important. Mm-hmm. But I do think that touring um, is is definitely another way um, to pick up fans as well, and you definitely should be doing it. And now we plan to do all of those things. Yeah, it, it is. It is a challenge because you know, you are a band, you are creative, you're musicians, and your focus point is to make music, to write music, to record music. And now you have to do all those things. And, and of course, you've got to be a social media manager. You've got to know where mm-hmm. to hit and find new fans and how to keep your existing fans interested. It is, yeah. it is a huge, it's, it's almost like a huge company, right? I mean, you've got different. It is. It's a business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, but, it, but it's, it's like different divisions and you have to decide who's going to do what. Who's better at what? You know, not just you, you, you know, for, for a lot of bands, you're not just a guitar player, the guitar player and the social media manager. You're the singer mm-hmm. and you're, you know, the person that handles dealing with the management companies and, you know, the booking agencies. You're the drummer and you're dealing with the merch because it's all, you know, you, yeah. you really have to not just be a musician. You really have to have a business sense to you as well or be a quick learner to do it because it's yes. really what, how things are right now. And it's, you know, I, I think a lot of fans, especially, especially the older fans, I, I don't think they understand that because they're used to things like you said with ACDC, where they can put out an album every six years or Iron Maiden where they release yeah. an album every six years and it goes bonkers and everybody buys it and everybody you know rushes to go see them because they have the name recognition. They've got the brand, for a new band, it's it's quite difficult. And, you know, when you hear people, especially the old farts and the old fogies resist, you know, <laughs> n- new music, you know, it's, 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 to me, you know, when someone says, oh, you know, they're not, you know, Zeppelin was great or Van Halen was great. And I agree with that. A hundred percent. Those were great bands. But there's a lot of great new bands, too, as well. It's almost like rooting for a sports team. You know, when a player retires, right? right? When your favorite player retires, you don't stop being a fan of that team. You know, right. you 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 watch the rookie, you watch the younger players coming up. You continue to be a fan. It's the same thing with rock music. Just because those old bands are no longer, you know, no longer playing or close to no longer playing, it doesn't mean you have to stop being a fan of rock music. Right. Good analogy. Oh, thank you. So in, in, in closing here, as you prepare, I'm, I'm really excited about the 15th. Gosh, I mean, it's been, it's been, I think I saw you guys at Route 20 in racing back in. That's right, you did oh, yeah. see us. Okay, yeah. Yes, in, on the, in, in 2018 or 2019, I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> no way. I don't, I honestly, I think that was January 2020. Okay. Or February, maybe. No, because it was like, it was like a, um, I think it was like the weather was nice because you were able to to sit outside. We were sitting outside. Was it just really nice? Yeah, and it was like a benefit show or something like that. Yeah. I honestly think it was still only February, though, even though it was nice out. No, (laughs) There's no, there's no such yeah, thing as nice weather in February. It, it's the truth. I'm telling you. Wait. You know what? It was winter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's too hard to think of dates, though. So. It is. Well, it, it's <laughs> been a blast. Thank you guys very much for coming back on the show and doing this once again. I'm very excited about the album. I'm very excited about seeing you guys again on the 15th in Joliet. Uh, I hope you guys 
do come to Chicago more, the Chicago area more. Uh, we're yeah, not me that, too. We're not that far. There's some great venues around in the suburbs that are perfect for you guys. So hopefully you do you do explore that. But yes, the new album is absolutely fantastic. Into the Red. Go out and buy it out the 22nd of October. And uh, thanks to Jason and Lacey for being on the Hook Rocks. Yes, thank you for having us again, Jay. Thanks. All right, everybody. Like I said, that's Jason and Lacey from Bourbon House. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll chat soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.